0: Guys, welcome back for another episode of It's Too Late. I am your host, Alan Mosley, joined as always by the number one producer in late night. It's Sherry Voluntary. Sherry, how are you doing? I'm great, thanks. Or or by your shirt, I would say, waka, 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 right. waka, waka. <laughs> yes. I, I, for just a brief moment right then, I thought to myself, I should just do the waka, waka thing for as long as I can until I run <laughs> out of breath. And but then I remembered <laughs> I actually I actually have huge lungs and we we have a monologue to get around to right so no we're gonna I feel like that's one of the you ever see I'm going on a tangent already we literally have not even minutes <laughs> you ever see these videos on YouTube where someone will take some I guess I guess you can kind of call it ASMR but they'll, they'll take some right. sound like it's the background noise of the Enterprise in Star Trek or it's but it can be, it can be anything. It can just be a funny line in a movie and it's on repeat for like 16 hours. And that's the YouTube video. Right. And that video has millions of views. I know. Like, it's
1: disgusting.
0: Like way more than us. <laughs> I know. That, that just, just in this moment, I thought to myself, this is it. This is our ticket. Right. We need to do a video of us going waka, 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 waka. Right. And then blow that up to 16 hours. upload it to YouTube. Okay. What do you think? And-
1: I, I agree, and at the end, you know, you just have the just once at the very end.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. It has to have the death sound yeah. at the end. That's a great because because that's where because that's what gets people into it. Is you look into the comments because of course if you ever see these videos on YouTube, you look in the comments. Right and there's there's thousands and thousands of people just just having debates with one I another and can't talking wait about to talk about it. Yeah, so, so there will inevitably be that guy who is time stamped. 15 hours, 59 minutes, 54 seconds and said, I'll see you guys here. Right. You know.
1: Ha ha. Love the end.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of not loving the end. Mm-hmm. So there, I saw on social media this this past week, actually, a bunch of people were up in arms because there was this Congress lady named Cory Bush who she was giving this testimony in front of Congress. And it does, you know what? It doesn't even matter what she was. She's a Congress lady. And that means whatever she says doesn't matter. Right. But she was giving this testimony in Congress, and she was talking specifically about people who give birth. Now, you and I might think of people who give birth as mothers right
1: women yeah
0: <laughs> women well we just had we just had Mother's Day, and so right? that's that's fresh on everyone's mind, but it's not mother's Day anymore it's birthing person's day let's take a look at this right here this was her statement she says every day black birthing people and our babies (laughs) die because our doctors don't believe our pain my children almost became a statistic i almost became a statistic i probably remember right yeah i testified about my experience hear us believe us because for so long nobody has (sighs) God, because, these people. because, you know, in in 2021, this is what happens. If you're black <laughs> and you live in the United States of America in current year, if you go to the doctor, they'll just, they'll say no.
1: Right. Not you. Out,
0: get out of here, Negro. Don't we don't serve your, your kind here. That, didn't you read the sign on the door? And they'll just ignore your pain and you'll die.
1: Right. Oh. I, That's what... <laughs> I just, I just find it so funny that you know they talk about being un. Everybody, like the media, unpersons people all the time. The politicians unperson people, the mm-hmm. the wokest. But but she literally unpersoned women and and mothers as you know, and and just black people. She made it just all one cohesive black people unit, which I thought that was what that stuff was supposed to be against, like feminism and. Well, because I I don't, I don't know. I don't get these people. I really don't.
0: Well, you know, like we could do a whole show on just this topic of, of, because what they would call it, because there's the two I words, there's individualism, but then there's also inclusivity. Right. individualism and inclusivity don't don't always meet eye to eye right I think that's probably a pretty fair way to say it yeah well, but but then what's more it's not just it's not just a friendly cultural debate it's weaponized exactly it, that's that's the worst part about it yeah right. but you know I just you know for a fact that this is see this is one of those things where you can't let what you see and hear from a congressperson a Congress critter, <laughs> or what you see people debating on Twitter. That's not real life. No. Like you're not you like you and I are not going to go down to Walmart and hear people <laughs> in the aisles just just you know they've got their teacups and they're si- hmm they're sitting here having a friendly debate of what do you think of birthing people? that, that that's a, no one's doing no one's doing that.
1: I too am a birthing person. Not only women can give birth.
0: But but indeed no, it is in fact, only women that can give birth, but but that's Correct. the, that's the beautiful. I remember having a conversation with a friend of ours. I don't, I don't want to name his name because I don't want him to be implicated in our being deplatformed right. over all this. His name is, his name is Dave B. Um, People will probably know that. So I, we'll call him D Benner. Right. And, and he, and he, he and I had a conversation about a similar subject to this. And what he, what he was mostly laughing about was, is that what's, What this thing is, it's not what's funny. What's funny is that this is a controversial statement in current year, is what we're saying.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Speaking of controversial statements, go ahead and pull up the latest from Andrew Cuomo. Audio emerges New York Governor Andrew Cuomo saying he'd like to dip his garlic (laughs) knot in his female staffers marinara sauces.
1: (laughs) He's got spicy meatballs. <laughs> now,
0: I want to say before anyone goes, wait a minute, that's fake news. That actually is fake news. That's from a parody account of BBC News. Um, now, don't get me wrong. Andrew Cuomo is probably a rapist. Right. I mean, I'm not 99. a journalist. percent <laughs> So, okay. So I'm not a journalist, right? So I don't feel like I'm... I like you can't hold me to some type of journalistic integrity. Right. So so I might I might surmise, you know, I bet that Andrew Cuomo's quite the rapist. <laughs> did Sherry, did you hear that he's he refers to his private parts as a garlic knot? <laughs> I tell you what, by that the way, far far be it for me to show a lot of concern for Andrew Cuomo. Like like the concern he showed all the old people in the in right. the Folk's homes. Um, but for, for the guys out there and perhaps maybe the older gentlemen out there, I wish Mike Harry were here cause he could communicate to his mind <laughs> more effectively. If, if it looks like a knot, you should seek medical attention. You can't, you can't right. be putting these types of things off. Yeah. Like, yeah.
1: Like at the end of those commercials that, you know, they give the, the long spiel about what you should do if, if, you know, pri- you have priapism or something else. That's, that's what you need at the end of that statement.
0: Well, what's great, like, cause there's, there's two different types of medical commercials you see on TV. There's the one that kind of badgers people of, you know, check your blood sugar, check it often. um, if, if you can't pee and poop, right. And you're pissing blood and you're 65 years old, you better go to the hospital, you know, those types of things. But then there's the other types of commercials that are, well, here's a potential solution. But by the way, if you take this, you'll also get AIDS. Right. (laughs) <laughs> you that exactly. look this pill than the this pill will make it so that your teeth are whiter you'll also you'll also have some some brain hemorrhaging like that's just <laughs> a thing that happens i mean you're gonna have to, like look this is life right like right. you can't you can't just expect to just waltz your way through life without a let a little aneurysm gonna die or or
1: something.
0: I, t- I tell you what that leads me to the final thing I want to talk about today. Talk about talk about not being able to waltz through life without any medical problems.
1: Yeah.
0: So boy, we're we're broke again <laughs> here at the Alan Mosley TV studios. Um, again being underlined several times because right, yeah. I mean broke is uh, what's 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 the phrase broke. of. You know, of uh, being poor is the natural. Being prosperous is what the evolution is. Yeah. So, so we're, we are in our normal state of being broke <laughs> here at It's Too Late. And I'll tell you why. I ended up having to spend most of my savings on my fiancé's pet cat, Sebastian. Uh, now, go ahead and take a look at Sebastian right here. So this is Sebastian uh, looking oh, after oh, his mama oh. while mama's trying to take a nap. <laughs> That's Sebastian right there, a little white fur ball. I mean, I, I use the term "little" loosely here. Right. He's um, huge. Sebastian used to be little, so th- here, take a look at what Sebastian used to look like.
1: Oh.
0: I mean, you can see why Mama fell in love He's with adorable. Sebastian. Yeah, right there. Uh, of course, Sebastian grew up a little bit. So here's a picture of older Sebastian. <laughs> One one can barely imagine how he makes it through the day. <laughs> Times life, are hard. <laughs> yes. Just life is hard for Sebastian. Um, but actually life was hard for Sebastian the last few weeks. So earlier this year he had a little bit of a um of a little bit of a medical problem. And he went to the vet and at that time everything everything worked out okay. But the vet told us that uh well he was showing signs of being pre-diabetic, which is Pretty common for, for felines and especially older cats. Uh, Sebastian's over uh, north of 11 going on 12 years old now. And uh, so, I, I, you know, and I hate to throw the vet like totally under the bus. Actually, I don't hate. To, I don't even know why I said that. I love to throw people <laughs> under the bus. So the vet told us that he was not diabetic. He did not need a prescription for insulin or anything, um, but he would need a checkup. Well, we tried to take him to his checkup. But uh, something you might not know about Sebastian is he's a little cranky. Just
1: he doesn't, a tad. He's not,
0: he's not really socialized around people other than me or Anna Kay. Yeah. And, so, and they knew that. He has to be sedated to be evaluated. That's just how it is. <laughs> well, they tried, to, they tried to arrange for him to have a couple of exams, but then they failed to arrange that at a time when the person who does the sedating could be there. So they kept pushing back the appointment, pushing back the appointment. Finally, he went to an appointment uh, last Monday and he was not doing very well and they told uh Anike then he's got to go to the hospital and it turns out he actually was diabetic so he was in that uh, what's that diabetic ketoacidosis, keto-acidosis or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah um so that's that's not where you want to be no. <laughs> and uh not the keto was, diet you need <laughs> no and he was and he was severely dehydrated he lost a lot of weight so that's that old sebastian picture you saw he was 20 pounds <laughs> he's a a chonky boy he is he he was all the way down to 11 pounds by the time he went to the hospital and uh, it was touch and go there for a couple of days and it didn't weren't sure he was going to make it but uh but happy news after another couple of days in the hospital he was back to assaulting the nurses and demanding (laughs) his lunch and so that's how you know he's okay so so sebastian's back home and i know a lot of people would say well, if, if my cat was pushing twelve years old, I'm not sure I could go blow basically every amount of my savings on on rescuing this right. senior senior cat with this with this health concern. Um but I I don't regret doing it. And here's here's why right here. So that's Aww. so that's that's <laughs> why I'm broke. That's why we're broke again. But um I think we made the right choice.
1: Hashtag worth it.
0: So you can go to patreon.com slash Alan Mosley or go to my PayPal. It's in the show notes. And um, because I would also like to eat.
1: (laughs) But you need to lose weight too, Alan.
0: (laughs) So I'll just, I'll just nearly die. I'll lose half of my body weight. Yes. And then, and then someone will rush. And then, and then it'll be the next person's turn to fundraise for my hospital. (laughs) Guys, we have a great show for you. We'll be right back with the Meme of the Week and the Viewer Mail right after this. If you're enjoying tonight's show, consider supporting the program by becoming a member of our Patreon. That's over at patreon.com slash Mosley. Guys, welcome back to the show. Hey, Sherry.
1: Yes. What time is it? Meme of the week.
0: Women are 3D printers (laughs) of people. (laughs) So see, that's great because that really just disarms the whole controversy. Instead of we won't call them mothers and we won't call them birthing persons. We'll just call them 3D printers of people.
1: I mean, objects, right? yeah yeah so i mean there's the,
0: uh, the, the lie <laughs> well you know i've always told anike that the bible says that you're a subsidiary <laughs> i mean we're, i mean am i wrong or am i am i right <laughs> I, I mean the great theologian alan mosley as right. as you all know yeah
1: Atheist jesus yes
0: but that's really good though so what are some Let's just, because we live in a brave new world where, where language is distorted and words don't, can mean lots of different things. And so I think the only way we can bring everyone together so that they don't just fight forever over who owns what word is, we'll just come up with new terms for everybody. (laughs) That way everyone gets a new, a new one. So, so mothers are 3d printers of people, right? Um, so let's let's go ahead and do the whole family. So fathers, fathers are sperming people.
1: Okay. <laughs> I have one. Okay. Uh, grandfathers in my family are bothering people.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, we we made it a whole like twenty minutes into the show before we had a uncouth reference to bothering sexual children. predation. <laughs> yes.
1: But that makes children bothered people.
0: Um, if you're if you're from Alabama, then cousins are. Well, I guess cousins are also birthing people. <laughs> they're they're marrying people.
1: Marrying people, yeah. Yeah,
0: that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, you got any other ones? No, that's it. <laughs> oh, that's it.
1: That's it.
0: <laughs> well, I, I'll do another one. You you got to think of one more. I'll do another one. Um, brothers, brothers. Are lying, sadistic sons of bitches. (laughs) I don't know anything about that, but I'm just saying if you have a brother, I'm sure you would.
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, I do, but I like him.
0: Okay. All right. One more, Sherry.
1: I don't. Okay. Let's see. What other family members? Grandmothers.
0: Okay. Grandmothers.
1: Are um, diabetic people? (laughs)
0: <laughs> just no no our cats are diabetic people <laughs> sherry that's uh, that's,
1: that's the problem like,
0: quite frankly uh you really could have called grandmothers or grandfathers nest eggs,
1: <laughs> nest eggs.
0: Oh, Shit. Terrible. you know what on that note i think it might be time for us to answer some viewer mail Show and pure males, same handful of audience. I I don't even know why I keep doing this. It. The only people, same once a You're just gonna have to go back and watch it slow and, and finally, I do love how the music is just different enough that we don't get sued.
1: <laughs> it's it's a good little little yeah. piece. Yeah, very reminiscent of John Williams.
0: I tell you what, because it would be it, well, it would be Disney now who would be suing us, and yeah, I don't think they will though, because if Disney had been watching this show, I think we would have been sued by uh, now.
1: We would have been uh, drone bombed by now. <laughs> All
0: right, Andrew Avery writes, "Dear Alan and Sherry, is it ironic that federal unemployment bonuses also don't work?" Mm-hmm. Now, Andrew, I won't be having any of that. I'll have you know that if I qualify for any of that free money from the government, I'm going to take it. Because (laughs) if I don't, they'll just give it to someone else. But I take it. See, this is this is what you do. If you if you're going to get another stimulus check, you take the stimulus check. And a lot of people went and put it in crypto. But don't go don't go just put it in Bitcoin. Go go find you. You're looking for the next Bitcoin. Bitcoin. So go find something like like Doge or Safe Moon and you put all your money into Safe Moon and then when that explodes and you become a millionaire, you go to patreon.com slash so Alan Mosley, type in nine nine nine-nine nine and you hit enter, and then we will see you in Puerto Rico.
1: <laughs> Sounds good to me.
0: Did you know did you know that Puerto Rico? So Puerto Rico has a lot looser tax laws than the mainland US, Correct. most of the states. But Puerto Rico, I'm under the understanding they don't charge like those special capital gains on crypto. Oh. Puerto Rico okay. doesn't. Okay. So so if you have become a crypto whale, you need to go to Puerto Rico so that you can cash out. And then um, you know. <laughs> All right. Rachel Watson Kennerly writes dear Alan and Sherry. If Alan posts to Facebook in the forest, does it still get shadow banned? <laughs> I tell you what, as a matter of fact, it does. So, that's, yeah. <laughs> so we have actually gotten to nowadays, we only get questions for the viewer mail segment from our private group, which, by the way, if you want to become a member of the private group, you have to ask to join. If you go to the Alan Mosley page and you go to groups, you'll see the It's Too Late community page and you can click to join that. And I shall consider it.
1: You're benevolently we, considering it.
0: But we will. O- we only get our viewer mail from the private group because on the main page, I post the viewer mail post and then I post it in the private group. And the private group, I mean, you know, whatever's 50, 100 people in there and, you know, maybe about a third of the group will say, hey, it's the viewer mail post. On the main page, it'll right. literally, which by the way, the main page is a group of like several thousand people, right. whereas the private group is like a hundred people. And yet on the main page, it'll literally get a reach of like 18.
1: Right. Yeah. And it'll
0: get like three times that in the private group where the, the pool is only like a hundred people. Yes. Yes. So to answer Rachel's question, yes, it will still be Shadow ban. Jonathan Cranza writes, Dear Alan and Sherry. Family Guy or South Park? Ooh, I know that's so. That's a that tough is one. that is a good question, but yeah. I do I do have a firm answer. But that's not to say that I'm I, I'm it's a firm answer because I think the other one sucks. It's it's that I do genuinely have it. So I would genuinely say it's it's got to be South Park. Mm. I think South Park has always pushed the envelope further. Um. I think yeah. both shows have been on TV way too long. And <laughs> they are they're both now only shells of their former selves. Sure. But I think South Park had a longer run, an edgier run, and if you if you have that sadistic sense of humor that I do, a, a more entertaining run. I did like yeah. Family Guy from like seasons one through like twelve.
1: Yeah.
0: But it's Family Guy's up to something like season eighteen or nineteen. Really? Now. It wow. is. I know, and that's even with it having been like canceled before, remember? And then it came right. back. Right.
1: Yeah.
0: Which, of course, South Park is actually, a, a, I think, is a few seasons above that because it was around for a little bit longer. Yeah,
1: it was around longer. I think quite a while longer.
0: Yeah, so I would I would say that South Park edges out Family Guy for those reasons. Um, but if you're if you're going to give the nod to a show for being around longer and being edgier for its time, then The Simpsons, Simpsons. are the OG. Yeah. But all of those shows have been on for 20 years too long. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I, I will never forgive The Simpsons because not only did they just go leftist SJW, but then yeah. they started deleting characters like Apu.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: So we'll get famous I will on
1: it and then we'll delete it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I wish I could do a good Apu voice, but I can actually do a better Indian voice. But Apu sounds kind of Indian. But Mm -hmm. what he really sounds like is Apu. Yeah. That's what he really sounds like. He sounds like Apu. Um, Tom Mullen writes. So, so, you know what? Thank you, Tom, for bringing a little class to the viewer mail. (laughs) So he's actually proving our little little video incorrect. We actually have a new person asking a question. Tom Mullen writes, Dear Alan and Sherry, what is the capital of Assyria?
1: What's
0: Assyria? What's Aleppo? <laughs> um, well, I, I mean, I, I, mean, if you're going to go by like the original capital or maybe like the religious capital, I guess that's Asher mm. would be the capital of Assyria. But later in the show, we're going to talk a little bit about property rights and how you don't really own anything that you can't defend and refuse to be removed from, taxed over, all that right. good stuff. So, I mean, by that logic, I guess Assyria, ca- or capital of Assyria is uh, Washington, D.C. Correct. The, correct. <laughs> really, the capital of everywhere is Washington, D.C., unless proven otherwise.
1: Or Jerusalem.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> well the ca- yeah, the capital of the United States is actually Jerusalem, Jerusalem right. but the capital of Assyria is Washington, D.C. That's right. Uh, so, Eric Eli writes, Dear Alan and Sherry, I got a notification when Alan posted something. I'm betting it was this post, but when I looked to see it, if, to see it, it wasn't there. I clicked the notification, but it said there was no post. So, if it's not too late, my question to Alan and Sherry: Do you think Facebook antics were behind this, and why would Facebook do it? I mean, this is just sort of kind of like a weekly routine for us, I yeah. guess, at this point. Yeah.
1: I, I think the 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 viewers have not been dealing with this kind of shadow banning for as long as we have so it's it's a little shocking to them but to us it's just like here we go you know got a reach of two again
0: (laughs) well yeah because there's all those people out there and look my like I sympathize with people who like build a page or some big audience on whatever platform and then they get deplatformed and it's like well I spent all that all that time and money growing that audience for nothing it does suck That doesn't happen to us because no one sees anything we say or do. Right. (laughs) So there you go. Um, So were Facebook antics behind it? Of course. Right. Um, Adam Sokosin writes, Dear Alan and Sherry, where do you stand on organic farming versus conventional methods? This really goes to show how out of touch I am because I thought conventional methods were organic farming. (laughs)
1: Yes, in a way, yes. But no.
0: Like like I, I know that Adam what Adam's probably talking about is is what do you think about these like giant mills? Yes. Where like, you know, you see the raggedy little chicken yeah. and they're just of they're just pushing them in the meat. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh and in the in the chemicals and the steroids and all that stuff. And I mean I'm I'm not saying like I guess I'm not as, as passionate about it as perhaps I should be. I know that someone in someone in the audience right now is like well they're they're sending me their <laughs> two mile long message in the premiere chat of why I'm an asshole. Um, but I I, I guess this is one of those things where it, this is kind of like social media and Twitter where when when people on twitter say birthing person that's not real life right most people in america are not sitting around debating the finer points of birthing people (laughs) um so but so those same mega farms that are doing those practices that's not like that's not it might be a lot of what's out there because they produce a lot of goods but in terms of farmers and farms that's not most farms right like I have personally never been to a farm or met a farmer who operates that way. Right. Yeah. yeah. So um, buy local, yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm looking, I'm looking for a bumper sticker slogan to help Adam out here.
1: <laughs> I think organic um, farming is great, but you know, not because the government says organic farms, because it's kind of a racket, the whole government licensing or approval of organic mm-hmm. farms. But yeah, I mean, organic farming is great, but I also think that a lot of the pesticides have done a lot of good too. So, I, you
0: know. I just need whatever type of farming it takes so that I can go at any time of day to like any fast food restaurant and eat whatever I want for like $3. <laughs> whatever type of farming makes that possible. That's child labor I'm on farming. That's. I, I, gotta eat, right, I got to eat, Sherry. I got, I got, I'm dying of keto, Acidosis. diabetic, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know. I know. Uh, and finally, uh, Marilyn Wilamowski, Liberty Late Night, writes, Dear Alan and Sherry, do you have game apps on your phone? And if yes, which ones? Sherry, do you have any game apps on your phone?
1: Yes. I have, oh, you do? I do. I have Boggle. I love Boggle.
0: Right now, our younger audience are like, what the hell is that?
1: It's old people games.
0: <laughs> I mean, back in my day, you you took birds and you threw them at pigs. Yeah. Because that was supposed to be funny. I love
1: throwing things at pigs. Yeah. I need to get that game.
0: <laughs> but uh, I actually don't have any game apps on my phone. I used to have Words with Friends.
1: Yeah. Oh, I like that one.
0: I used to have words with friends. This was years ago. I used to have... Me and Enike used to play words with friends, and we don't anymore because I want us to maintain a relationship. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So, guys, we're going to be back after this segment to talk about an awesome article from Jim Bovard about dollars for collars right after this break. Don't go away. Guys, welcome back to the show. Our first segment tonight is going to be talking about Dollars for Collars. This is actually an article by our friend and multiple-time guest on the show, Jim Bovard. He's writing for the American Conservative. Biden plans expansion of Fed's army of snitches in Dollars for Collars program. How the administration plans on expanding its already massive surveillance apparatus. I love that little bill of rights there with right. the stamp. <laughs> Void where prohibited by law. That's great. Eighth- Ain't that hey, You hate to see it. Yeah. So anyway, the Biden administration may soon recruit an army of private snoops to conduct surveillance that would be illegal if done by federal agents. As part of its war on extremism, boy, that January 6th just keeps paying off, doesn't yeah. it? The Department of Homeland Security may exploit a legal, legal workaround, in quotation marks, to spy on and potentially entrap Americans who are, quote, perpetuating the narratives of concern. I, I'm just, I'm just going to, I had not even made it through the first full sentence. I'm going to stop right there. What the hell does that mean?
1: It, What it means is anything we don't like yes. <laughs> is of concern and therefore you're a terrorist.
0: But federal informant programs routinely g- degenerate into quote dollars for collar schemes that reward scoundrels for fabricating crimes that destroy the lives of innocent Americans. That's, couldn't imagine that ever taking place. Yeah, The DHS plan would, quote, allow the department to circumvent constitutional and legal limits on surveillance of private citizens and groups. Federal agencies are prohibited from targeting individuals solely for First Amendment protected speech and activities. But federal hirelings would be under no such restraint. Private informants could create false identities that would be problematic if done by federal agents. So take a quick pause right there. This sounds so much like what we've talked about very recently about big tech. You yeah. think of you, you think of your Facebooks and your Twitters and your YouTubes and the in the big platforms that frankly are opinion molders because mm-hmm. they are not just artificially promoting speech they like and artificially demoting if not just completely re- removing speech they don't like. But they also are—they're really kind of taking their marching orders from the state. So yeah. the state says, "Look, we'll look out, we'll scratch your back. but well, maybe there'll be a little a little subsidy here. Maybe there'll be a little protections. Uh, you know, should you need some protection from some sort of antitrust or or monopolistic mm-hmm. uh, concerns, we'll we'll have your back. But in exchange, since we can't just scratch the First Amendment out of the Bill of Rights, we need you guys to do it for us." And so what, what Michael Rechtenwald would say is that that makes them governmentalities. Right. They're really just bureaus of the federal, the government apparatus. They're part of Leviathan. And so since they are, they, they neither deserve your, your respect or sympathy as being private companies that are right. allowed to do what they want. That's absolutely not true. So it sounds very much like that, but on, a, on an individual informant level. So, moving on, DHS will be ramping up a war against an enemy which the feds have never clearly or competently defined. Well, that's never happened before. Nah. It just, it just, I'm sorry, it just, it has (laughs) that whole big tech thing and it has like the war on terror thing Mm -hmm. and the, in the endless uh, authorization for, for war. Just, it's just all just, just together. Or
1: FISA courts, you know, we can't get it this way. So let's make our own new laws around it.
0: Yeah. What kind of persons would they be? They're, they're not, they're not birthing persons. They're, no. um, what, what, what would we call those types? Um, they're Hol- just.
1: Holing persons.
0: I mean, I, I would just call them soviet persons quite frankly (laughs) terrible persons terrible terrible persons you're you're a terrible persons persons according to a march report by biden's office of the director of national intelligence domestic violent extremists include individuals who quote take overt steps to violently resist or facilitate the overthrow of the u.s government in support of their belief that the u.s government is purposely exceeding its constitutional authority Wow. So this is the last show of It's Too Late. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, everybody. Goodbye.
1: We'll see you from the FEMA camp.
0: (laughs) Bovard says, perhaps like setting up a private informant scheme to evade constitutional restrictions on warrantless surveillance, perhaps. Hmm. Uh, One DHS official bewailed to CNN, quote, domestic violent extremists are really adaptive and innovative. We see them not only moving to encrypted platforms, but obviously couching their language so they don't trigger any kind of red flag on any platforms. (laughs) Frankly, I got to figure out how to do that myself. If you've seen our reach numbers, I got to figure out how to couch my language so I don't trigger (laughs) any kind of red flag on any platform. (laughs) Those damn redneck violent extremists obviously know more than I do. DHS officials have apparently decided that certain groups of people are guilty, regardless of what they say. The targets are likely to be simply people with a bad attitude towards Washington. Yeah, to be fair, I'm not not one of these total morons who's like, you know, well, everyone's really a libertarian. They just don't know it. That's not true. (laughs) But I actually know a lot of people across a lot of ideological barriers that have bad attitudes towards Washington. Yeah. This is, so this is basically the public.
1: Yeah, anybody they want.
0: <laughs> that will include gun owners who distrust politicians who vow to seize guns. Well, it, it reminds me of the, there's a quote by Michael Malice where he says, you know, it's, it, uh, sometimes it's helpful to just take people at their word. And so when you see people like Joe Biden going up there on the on the steps of the Capitol right. and saying things like, no one, no one needs that. You don't need that rifle. You don't need that ammo. You don't need that magazine with that many rounds. I'm going to take him at his word. And he sounds like a gun grabber. Right. And so for me to then have a negative opinion towards Washington, because I think they're going to seize my guns. This isn't me. So like, because that's the thing about the word extremist right it's not just extremist in the sense of they're willing to take drastic measures right. it also it also combines like the conspiracy part of it is you're a nut job if you're an extremist you're not just someone on the far end you're right. you're a nut job and nut jobs are we don't know what they're going to do they're unpredictable they're mm-hmm. dangerous but it's not an extreme position to think that they could come for your civil liberties cuz they tell you like to you- your face <laughs> They there's so CNN says breaking news and then they have a speech and they're telling you to your face we're going to do this mm-hmm. yeah
1: and then you're a crazy nut job for believing them
0: <laughs> so I, I don't I don't want to read through Bovard's entire article because you you really should just go and, and check it out for yourself. Mr. B is awesome. Uh, he really is. Uh, so I'm I'm going to skip down a little bit. Any new informants hired by the Biden administration will operate under the same perverse incentives that have long subverted due process. Informants tend to be rewarded based on how much assets they help government seize or how many people they help prosecutors condemn. So they're incentivized to get things taken, seized, and to get people put in jail. Right. I can't imagine how that might backfire into innocent people being hurt. <laughs> right. As a 29- asset forfeiture. As a 2019 report by the American Bar Association noted, the government pays cash for incriminating information and testimony. This is troubling because the financial incentive to make cases against others may be much greater than the personal integrity of the informants. (laughs) Personal um... integrity. A report by the Justice Department Office of Inspector General slammed the Drug Enforcement Agency for failing to, quote, document the reliability of informants who helped the DEA to confiscate billions of dollars of private property. The DEA paid informants $237 million between 2010 and 2015, including $25 million shoveled out to only nine informants. The DEA's this is an interesting, so this is a guy, there's actually a funny little, um, uh, movie and and uh, articles about this guy have you ever heard of the name andrew chambers jr
1: uh no i don't i don't recall hearing it
0: listen to this the dea's best paid informant andrew chambers jr was found to have given quote false testimony under oath in at least 16 criminal prosecutions wow. nationwide before he was exposed in the late 1990s and that was that was reported in 2013. Attorney General Janet Reno banned the DEA from using him as an informant. But in 2008, the DEA rehired Chambers and used him for at least the following five years. So this, this, this is what's amazing about the story of Andrew Chambers Jr. is, so first of all, Janet Reno is just like the biggest swamp monster there ever was. (laughs) And yet even she says, you know, maybe that might be a, a bit much, Mr. Chambers. Right. Maybe, okay, when you lied under oath 15 times, we were willing to let it slide. But when you lied under oath the 16th time, mm. so even Janet Reno says you've crossed the line and you can't be a part of our operations. But years later, they rehire him and and he had worked for five years since that time. By the way, just another interesting thing to point out about that. What happens to you or me if we lie under oath?
1: Oh my gosh. I mean, they will literally crucify us.
0: And yet this guy lied under oath to help prosecute people on 16 different occasions that we can confirm. And yet not only was he not, he, he, he was just let go by the department. That was his right. punishment. But then he was rehired anyway. So I guess all's well that ends well. Right. Wow. Uh, yeah. So one purpose of relying on private informants is to assure that there are no federal fingerprints when people are coaxed or shoved into breaking the law. The FBI admits that it formally entitles its army of informants to commit more than 5,000 crimes a year. So they break the law knowingly and purposefully, and that's okay for them to do. There is no estimate of how many crimes are committed directly by FBI agents who have been formally taught that the FBI has the ability to bend or suspend the law to impinge on the freedom of others. Thanks to the FBI's iron curtain of secrecy, we have no idea what sort of atrocities its informants may now be committing. During George W. Bush's reign, God, don't you just, don't you just miss W. I
1: missed the date.
0: (laughs) The White House formally invoked executive privilege to block disclosure of the FBI's sweetheart deals for Whitey Bulger, a notorious FBI informant and Irish crime boss linked to 20 murders. The FBI knew of Bulger's role in, in the killings, but lied in court to protect him. Sherry, what happens to you or me if we lie under oath? Oh, I'm sorry, we already. Um,
1: Yeah, we're we're dead. We
0: already already did that. (laughs) They even provided false testimony to send innocent men to prison for life to safeguard Bulger. That debacle was summarized in a 2004 congressional report titled Everything Secret Degenerates The FBI's Use of Murderers as Informants. In 2011, a federal judge aptly labeled the FBI's behavior in the case as uncontrolled official wickedness. Well, wow. Yeah, yikes. So we're going we're to scroll down here a little bit. DHS, Department of Homeland Security, wants to enlist more private informants at the same time federal undercover operations are already out of control. At least 40 separate federal agencies are now conducting undercover operations involving thousands of agents. By the way, they that's what they have now. That's not including right. this proposed program. Forty different federal agencies are are conducting undercover. How many like I know of, you know, like Homeland, uh, FBI, CIA. I there's there's so there's like thirty-six more so agencies that have their own army of agents and informants to support. The spy post on you.
1: office and the public
0: education system. <laughs> Hold on to that, Sherry. We're about to we're about to hit that again. Uh, so, at least 40 agencies. An undercover DA agent, quote, created a fake Facebook page from the photos of a young woman in Watertown, New York, without her knowledge to lure drug suspects. IRS agents are officially permitted to, quote, pose as an attorney, physician, clergyman, or member of the news media in order to get you to talk. The Times noted in 2014 that the military and its investigative agencies have almost as many undercover agents working inside the U.S. as does the FBI. That's why well, it's the war on terror come home right there. Yeah. Often serving on joint federal task forces of the type that would likely be expanded for the Biden extremist crackdown. A sting operation by the alcohol, tobacco, and firearms agents. Oh, we forgot them. Oh, or ATF. Aww, poor ATF. Yeah. Always left out. Swayed mentally handicapped individuals to get tattoos to help advertise its bogus gun stores, Jeez. violating federal laws protecting the disabled. Oversight is often a mirage. An ATF committee created to oversee undercover operations didn't bother meeting for more than half a decade. So that's, see, this is, that that's a, that's an interesting point. A lot of times when something happens in the news, you know, there's, there's police brutality. There's some sort of public outcry because some abuse has come to light. People will be, will be cowed into believing that something is being done And their representatives go to Washington and say, well, we'll form this committee. We'll put together this oversight commission. Right. Well, they did that for the ATF. And then that that commission didn't bother to meet for more than half a decade. Right. The Times noted, even Justice Department officials say they are uncertain how many agents work undercover. That's the beauty of of the state is that if you ask the government, how many agents do you have under the cover, Their honest answer is, I have no idea. Right. They don't know. The Biden administration is considering unleashing a new surveillance program at a time when Americans have no idea how many federal agents are already spying on them. Yahoo News disclosed last month that the Postal Inspection Service is running ICOP, the the Internet Covert Operations Program, to sweep social media and other websites, searching for any, quote, inflammatory postings on topics, including protests against COVID lockdowns. Postal inspectors got access to private messages on parlor and Telegram, presumably with no search warrant. The ICOP program turns over its discoveries to other federal agencies. Rachel Levinson Waldman of the Brennan Center for Justice commented that ICOP, quote, seems a little bizarre. (laughs) Since the surveillance included, quote, monitoring of social media that's unrelated to the use of the postal system. Thomas Massey of Kentucky denounced the program for violating the Constitution and asked, "The U.S. Postal Service has been losing money for many years. So where do they find the money to run the surveillance program?" Unfortunately, federal agencies that trample the law and the Constitution in their surveillance efforts are usually punished with budget increases.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, you know, I I want to wrap up really quickly here that we've already talked about how that just that just reeks of because there's there's so many overtones in just Jim's article there you think of the war on terror uh you you think of the patriot act
1: mm-hmm.
0: you you think of big tech and governmentalities and how they they sort of the the state sort of farms out the suppression of dissent and yeah. free speech to them um it it, it it has all of those same likings. It has it has all the it's 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 the same mo right. It's the same playbook of well, we could probably get away with doing. I mean, look, most people in government aren't particularly concerned about whether or not they can get get away with something. They just do it and then they'll let the courts figure it out years right. later if ever. Um, it always reminds me of um, oh who's that who's that one loser from the northeast? I always forget his name. Um, Oh, the, the commie Democrat that ran for office for a while, but back before the Bernie days. Uh, but anyway, he, mm-hmm. he had the famous quote of, when when asked, aren't you concerned about the constitutionality of the things you're voting on? His answer was, well, that's not my job. We let the courts decide.
1: Wow. Yeah. Not my
0: job. It's it's easy to see how when you have a state apparatus where everyone's attitude is, that's not my job. I'll kick that can down the road. Right. And then, and then you have oversight committees who then... Basic, you know, they they have offices, they have budgets, but you don't have, ever actually see them do anything. They right. don't even have meetings for years at a time. Yeah. It's easy to see how you wind up in this situation. Right.
1: And then and then the, the courts that they so look to to let them decide are in their pocket, too, because they run the courts. So, of course, that's...
0: <laughs> we've investigated ourselves and found no wrongdoing it's it's just the same old story guys we're going to be right back with one more article talking about how you don't really own something if you can be taxed and can't defend it right after this break (laughs) Welcome back to the show. Our last segment today is talking about, we actually have the story and then we have the update. So this actually comes to us from Fee. It was originally written by Kerry Wedler. City fines elderly man $30,000 over uncut grass, then tries to steal his home. Individuals should not have to engage in lengthy legal battles to avoid excessive fines and enjoy the liberty to peacefully do as they wish on their own property. So this gets back to what I was talking about a little bit ago when I was I was inferring the is it really your property if you get taxed on it all the time? Mm. Is it really your property if you can be told what to do with it, how to maintain it, and then ultimately if you resist, is it your, is it your property if they tell you you know loan no longer can live there? It belongs to us now. Doesn't sound like it's your property at all. Not really. So this is a story right here. So the this the, he is by the way the the gentleman in in the story. Uh, he was fined $30,000. He's a 69-year-old retiree, fined $30,000, and now they're foreclosing on his home because he's unable to pay. The city of Dunedin claims that its Code Enforcement Board, which is run by citizens but backed by government authority, does that not sound like what we just did in the last segment? Exactly. Jesus, man. Yep. Find homeowner Jim Ficken $500 per day over code violations an increased fine because he's a repeat offender. So this is the story of, well, how did we get here? In 2015, Ficken committed his first offense when he left town to take care of a dying mother in South Carolina and left his grass unattended. How evil. Yes. (laughs) He committed a second violation the following summer when he had to manage her estate and settle her affairs after her passing. This time, the grass was left uncut because the man who Ficken had hired to cut the grass died. So he hired, he hired a service to cut the grass and then the guy who ran that service passed away. Uh, Then the report says, Ficken's lawnmower broke and he left the grass on his front lawn continue to grow. The board claimed that they received complaints about the height of his grass. Oh, there's your, there's your Liberty loving neighbors Right. right there. So it grew past the 10 inch limit in the summer. And so, but although his attorneys say they see no evidence of the complaints. So to, to, to scroll down, so ultimately, Ficken did ultimately eventually cut his grass upon returning home and, and having the means to do so. But by the time he did, his bill was up to $29,833.50. So uh, representatives of the city of Dunedin actually came by Ficken's property to let him know, quote, you've got a big bill coming. Hope you can pay it. Jeez. Um, wow. Wow. So, so, last week, and this would have been in 2019, they moved to foreclose Ficken's home over his inability to pay the exorbitant fees. In return, he filed a lawsuit. Uh, by the way, in that lawsuit, he's only sinking $1 in nominal damages and attorney's fees and injunctions that would relieve him of the fines. Yeah. He's not looking to get rich. He Less just wants, it, he wants to be allowed to live his life. Um, unfortunately, this is back in the news because we have an update. Let's go ahead and take a look at that. Federal court rules against Florida man fined $30,000 over tall grass. Federal judge on Monday upheld the $30,000 in fine against a Florida retiree who failed to cut his grass. Uh, so sc- sc- scrolling down, Dickens said he had no idea he was racking up the fines until he returned home from South Carolina. And, and they talk about the city inspector. Ficken was represented by the Institute of Just- for Justice, who argued the fines imposed against Ficken were not valid because they were excessive and the city did not notify Ficken. The Constitution protects against fines that are excessive or, quote, grossly disproportional to an offense, IJ attorney Andrew Ward says. The district court rejected those claims. Officials at the Institute for Justice described the decision as outrageous and a blow to property rights. If $30,000 for tall grass in Florida is not excessive, it's hard to imagine what is. Yesterday's ruling is wrong on the law, and we will be appealing. This ruling emboldens code enforcement departments across the state to impose crippling financial penalties, and it empowers them to do so without first notifying a property owner that they are potentially going to be fined. So that that actually reminded me. There was this great talk by Jeff Dice, the president of the Mises Institute. And this was several years ago. Jeff looked a lot younger back then. So (laughs) I I think he was actually very recently become the president of the Mises Institute. I think Lou Rockwell had just recently stepped aside and Jeff had taken that position. And he had a he had a talk where he was actually at the time he was talking about Um, police militarization and specifically he was talking about the concept of the peace officer right and versus the modern conception of the law enforcement officer Mm -hmm. and and, in a little bit of tongue-in-cheek of you you know you might talk to younger folks who they've never really even heard the phrase peace officer like that's a foreign concept to someone under a certain age and he got to talking a little bit uh he he made the analogy of the old andy griffith show talking about sheriff andy taylor yeah. and you think of you think of all the those old black and white Andy Griffiths and sheriff Andy Taylor and his deputy Barney Fife and Mayberry, and how this was kind of the embodiment of the peace officer right? right he was he was not looking to escalate things he was looking to problem solve he was he was not looking to just apply the letter of the law because he could right if anything, he was looking for ways to avoid having to do that by finding common sense solutions that would help the people there. Right. And because at the end of the day, helping the people there in his community was what he was. He was more interested in doing that than he was enforcing the law because he considered himself a member of that community. He was a part of Mayberry and and vice versa. The people of Mayberry are that much more likely to respect and trust him should something horrible actually indeed Mm -hmm. happen. Um, and, and Jeff, actually, he had a specific episode in mind where he talked about, there was this episode where there was this curmudgeon old man down the street who had gotten into some sort of dispute with his neighbors and he had locked himself up in his house. And so, so Andy goes out there with Barney and when they get there, this guy starts shooting at him with his rifle from the second floor. (laughs) And of course, Barney being Barney, you know, he dives behind the squad car and he's loading his one bullet into his revolver. But while he's doing that, Andy is making his way up to the front door. And what ends up happening is, is Andy goes inside and after a few moments, he walks out the front door with, with the old man. And he, the point being was he ended up just talking him down, whatever, whatever had gotten him so excited to the point of firing at the sheriff, he had talked him out of it. And at the end of the episode, there wasn't even an arrest. Right. Now, for one, that just that's absolutely alien to modern law enforcement. Right. Like, can, can you imagine there being any instance where people fired upon police and then they talk it out and then that guy goes home that night? Right. That just, uh, not that, in
1: a body bag. <laughs> yeah. Not Well,
0: yeah, I, I mean, I mean, the real the real not the metaphorical home like right. to Jesus. I mean, the, the real home. <laughs> um, And but it just it, it kind of comes full circle to this, that. The, the the circumstances involved with mr Ficken, um, him taking care of his mother we're not even getting into the property we'll get to the property rights here in a second but just the circumstances that led to this confrontation with the city right. none of those matter to those people nope. because they know that if they stick to their guns and they're able to apply the letter of the law as they see it um then they're gonna they're gonna make some they're going to make some bank. They're going to get a property. They're going to mortgage that bad boy off and and they're going to fill the city coffers with a little bit of cash.
1: Buy a margarita they're, machine.
0: They're way... It's such a short-sighted thing for them to do because they're so they're so much more concerned with sticking it to this old man and stealing his property and funding one budget or another that they don't see that the long-term damage is is that you're alienating a whole community of people that now... Now you, 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 you code enforcement folks, you city of Dunedin, you are no longer a part of the community. You have now created the us versus them mentality in that city. And just in the same way that modern law enforcement, and and this isn't us doing it, they do that. right Law enforcement themselves say it's us versus them and we're going to war every day on the streets. That's their language. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. their language, not ours. Mm -hmm. And so- just to just to put a bow on that is that, of course, we believe in property rights that we believe. I mean, that's kind of a core tenet of everything we believe yes. in. It's all rights are property rights. You own yourself. You own your property. You have a higher claim to that than anyone else. And, and of course, the, the perverse incentive here, you know, going back to the Andy Griffith analogy, is that if crime were, were spiking ever higher in Mayberry and he couldn't get it under control, Andy Sheriff Andy wouldn't see that as an opportunity for a bigger appropriation from the budget right. he wouldn't see that as an opportunity to get more military gear they wouldn't be bringing an Mrap into Mayberry they wouldn't be hire, paying more overtime hiring and hiring more de- yeah no yeah they wouldn't be hiring a team of informants mm. he would see that as a personal failure yes because his quest his goal was to have the opposite of that and if it and if it didn't work out he would he would consider it a failure. But in modern law enforcement, or whether it be code violations or anything else, having having to do more enforcing, having more uh, infractions in this case, or having more crime, which then leads to bigger budgets for for increased increased uh, what's what's the what we talked about a week or two ago, having some more joint federal task forces yeah. to crack down on more things. They want those things because that lines their pockets, and what yes. a perverse. What a perverse incentive that must be.
1: Yeah. It's wicked.
0: We almost made it through the show without getting to cops. (sighs) My blood's boiling. You realize that? (laughs) Guys, we're going to be right back to finish up the show and get Sherry's final thought right after this. Don't go away. Hi guys, it's Alan here, and I want to take a moment to let you know about one of our supporters who started a new business. Laura Moreau sells 50 different health and wellness all-natural products from weight loss, supplements, energy enhancers, body toning, longer and stronger hair, and so much more. Do you like coffee? Well, they even have coffee that'll help you drop some pounds. And who doesn't want to drop a few pounds? Go check her out at our online store at lauramoreau.itworks.com today. That's lauramoreau.itworks.com. Like our Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash alanmosleytv. You can follow me on Twitter. That's twitter.com at alanmosleytv. Subscribe to our YouTube page. It's youtube.com slash TV. Guys, also don't forget we're now on Odyssey. You go to Odyssey.com, search It's Too Late with Alan Mosley or Alan Mosley TV. Don't just complain about big tech platforms like YouTube silencing free speech. Go and do something about it. Uh, views of we're a monetized channel over there, so your views help fund the show. So go to Odyssey.com. Also, if you're more of a listener than a watcher, you can listen to your favorite podcasting platform with us thanks to Anchor FM. So they've got us on Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, all, all those different things out there. Yeah. <laughs> all the things. Yeah, I, for, the ben, for the bingers out there, you give us those listens, we we'll are also monetized there. As well, so that's Anchor FM. Just it's too late with Alan Mosley, Alan Mosley TV. Uh, Sherry, do you have a follow up?
1: Uh, you know, just nothing that the government does is for your benefit unless it's actually for their benefit. So never believe them.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Government is. I, I feel like if anybody takes anything away from the show, it's that government's fault.
1: <laughs> That'd be the best thing they could take away.
0: <laughs> the state is not good correct I, now i now i sound like some of those empty platitude libertarian types on twitter that get thousands taxation of taxation is their... theft G- guys did you did you know that taxation's not cool <laughs> jesus christ i'm not going to i'm not going to name any names that's that's for our final show when we when we decide that the series <laughs> is over that's what that episode's going to be guys thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of It's too Late, and we'll see you